It's time for the Live, Shop, Work, and Play radio show and podcast. Interesting people, open conversations, and topics worth talking about. And now, your host, sports and concert promoter, investor, and risk taker, and the guy who's always in trouble with somebody, Joe Mullins. Hello, Florida. This is Joe Mullins of the Live, Work, Shop, Play show, and welcome to the show today. What a beautiful weekend it is in the most incredible state, in the most beautiful country in the world, Florida, and especially this weekend when we've got so many great things going on. I'm telling you, I just, I'm doing a show live from Daytona Beach, Florida right now, and I have never in my life seen as many people coming into this state and pouring into the free state of Florida it's just amazing. And I've got a special guest with me, speaking of North Carolina. Uh, I've got the Lieutenant Governor, Mark Robinson, who is running for Governor of North Carolina. Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. We love it. Uh, love being on the show, and we love the state of Florida. It's one of our favorite places outside of North Carolina. Well, we, we're. I'll tell you what, I, I, I have a lot of strong roots. We've been talking about that, some strong roots in North Carolina. Uh, you know, I, I told somebody the other day, North Carolina is so crucial for us. If we lose North Carolina, we're going to lose South Carolina. And if we lose South Carolina, we're certainly going to lose Georgia and Florida to the to the movement, the woke movement that's coming. So it's strong. And we see in California why it's so strong to have governors that are strong leaders. They care about our Constitution. They care about our country. Um, so our listeners know uh, we have a lot of people here from all over the country right now. So our listeners kind of know who you are and what you're doing, which I don't know how they don't because President Trump loves you. I, I hear him talk about you all the time when we're down in events at Mar Largo. But how do you tell us a little bit about you and where you come from and what got you into politics? Well, I was born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina, lifelong uh, resident of the Greensboro area of North Carolina. Stayed for a little bit of time when I spent in the United States military. I've been in North Carolina my entire life. Um, I grew up uh, in pretty humble, from, came up from in pretty humble uh, surroundings. Uh, number nine of 10 children. Uh, my uh, mom was a widowed mother from uh, 1979. I think I was 12 years old when my father died, left her. Uh, in the house with five five of us still there. Uh, it was very tough for her. My mom had a great choice in front of her between choosing work and welfare. She chose to go to work, and that's how she took care of us, and it really did set a standard for me. Uh, it sent a signal, signal to me that said, you know, if you want to have something in life, if you're going to be somebody, if you're going to take care of your responsibilities, you can't sit around and allow the government to take care of you. You've got to get out and make it happen yourself. And so um that's exactly what my mom did and i tell everybody my mom's my greatest hero because of that and other things but uh, uh in my working career i spent a ton of time in furniture manufacturing a total of about 20 plus years in three different places uh working in furniture manufacturing in greens in north carolina uh I, it gave me the uh, unique experience good or bad however you want to look at it uh, I actually had to leave one job because of NAFTA and lost another job because of NAFTA. NAFTA really did the, a, a, a number 
on the furniture industry here in North Carolina. And it was kind of a wake up call for me to let me know how bad legislation can come right to the doorstep and affect people in the worst of ways. And good legislation, of course, can do the exact opposite. So uh, pol politically speaking, I've been in what I call politically aware for a number of years. Uh, but as far as being involved intimately in uh, what we call politics, that kind of came uh, odd for me. I, I, I ended up giving a speech at the Greensboro City Council in 2018 that went viral. And uh, after that speech, a lot of folks called for me to run for office. And we sat around and we thought about it for a little while, decided to do it. And well, here we are. You know, Lieutenant Governor, I, with just your story of your childhood, I can resonate. I was uh, two when my father left one day and died in a plane crash and never came back. And I was raised by uh, an amazing woman who raised uh, six of us and um, three boys, three girls. We had one, two and three years old. It's amazing. Where did these families go? That's a lot of people think this is what's going on in our country. We've lost our families. You know, you and I certainly can resonate how, how important that was in our lives and having a strong mother. What, what do you think? What are your thoughts with that and what's going on? Well, there's a myriad of reasons why families are deteriorating in this country. Uh, I know a lot of it has been a lot of folks point to it uh, uh, with the welfare state that was created in the 1960s, particularly in many black households where people kind of say that, you know, uh, the black father was replaced with a welfare check and things of that nature. But I think it goes a lot deeper than that. Uh, we really don't put a focus on family like we should in this country. Family is the basis of our stability in our societies across the board, uh, whether it be just our our, our neighborhoods, uh, whether it be the, uh, the cities where those neighborhoods are, or, or the state and nation as a, as a whole. And I think what we really need to get back to is we really need to get back to uh, enhancing the importance of family. And uh, I think the more that we do that, the stronger families we have, the, the stronger nation we'll have, quite, quite frankly. Now, Lieutenant Governor, I agree totally, and I, I, I want to, you know, money, we certainly were left with a lot of money, but we were still devastated, but we were going to church, we were uh, a unit eating together, we were playing together, we were doing things, and you just don't see that today, and we certainly didn't grow up, you and I didn't grow up in an environment where government was trying to to tell us what was right and wrong. Uh, our government was leading the way in, in working on stuff like public safety, economies, um, infrastructure things. They weren't trying to tell us how to live and what's right and wrong. They weren't conflicting what we learned on Sundays. North Carolina has been a very strong leader in the nation, and it's probably one of our most crucial states. I mean, we saw in the Georgia Senate election uh, just a few years ago how important one Senate seat was and how it changed the basis of power and the governors are the similar way y'all y'all have a voting right y'all have a strength y'all got the ability to turn around and reject federal uh rule coming down on you you've got strong governors we we certainly in florida uh have had a very strong governors over the last few years with governor scott or senator scott being a governor governor desantis uh just fighting during all these crazy times and uh, we, we compare them to people like the governor in California who's out there uh, just freeloading and, and doing everything he can to destroy and hurt the economy. The local people, I was just out there a week ago, the local people are fed up with him. They're upset with Newsom. They feel like he is uh, not paying attention to them and he's paying attention more to stuff that's hurting and not helping the state. 
And then, you know, just the latest thing, watching the governor clean up San Francisco for a meeting that uh, the chi- China was having in the country, watching all that tax dollars clean that up and then it go right back to where it was. It's amazing seeing that. So people don't understand the governor positions are so crucial and important in states, but it's also important in the nation. How, how do you feel with that? And what do you think you can do to make this stronger for us? Uh, that's something that I've been telling folks all over as I travel the state and talk to our friends and neighbors all across the country. It, I've, I've always believed it's very important, uh, particularly as conservatives, for us to stick together. We have to build, uh, we have to have teamwork across the board. And when I say across the board, I mean across the nation. You know, you look at Florida and you look at what happened in Florida and, and it's uh, and uh, when uh, Governor DeSantis was elected uh, in, in his first term. You look at what happened there. You look at how close that was. And you look at what a, a decision Florida made. Florida made the decision to go right and since then has made the decision to stay right. And because of that, things have been right in Florida and continue to be right in Florida. And the citizens are very happy with it because they've shown great results. Here in North Carolina, that's exactly what we want to do. We want the, the citizens to choose uh, right, and then uh, we want this state to go right, and we want it to stay right because we need to build uh, some teamwork here. You take a look at what's going on with Governor Abbott down on the border, desperately trying to do what the federal government should be doing. He needs backup, and that backup is going to come from conservative governors in Florida and in Arkansas and hopefully here in North Carolina to push back against the craziness that we see at the federal level and make sure that our folks are taken care of in our state and to make sure that uh, we are doing the right thing. It's it's very important, and so uh, that's why it pleases me to be on this station uh, now, talking to the people of Florida, letting them know how important this governor's race is here in North Carolina because North Carolina and Florida as conservative states can have each other's back. We can have Texas back. We can have the back of the folks in Texas. We can have the back of the folks in South Carolina and all those folks around us. And we can make sure that we're doing right, moving right. And uh, our people are pleased with what we're doing and we can, uh, we can, we can stay right where we are. So it takes teamwork and it just doesn't take teamwork inside the state. Take teamwork across the nation because we've got a lot of things we've got to correct in this country. Now, Lieutenant Governor, when I think of North Carolina and why it's so important to 49 other states, number one, I think, um, and, and it may not be in this order, you certainly can add to it and correct it. Number one, I think of all the furniture manufacturing and the, uh, the strength that we come out with home decor. Uh, that's one of them. The second one is people don't realize that North Carolina is the banking capital of the South. Uh, it's very crucial that that economy and that's uh, those areas stay strong. And then not only that, you've got amazing tourism. You've got Charlotte. You've got the beaches. Uh, you've got a, a lot of tourism that goes on and occurs up there. You've got military, which is very important and very strong. Some of the greatest military training institutes in the world there bringing out some of the most strongest people. What are some of the other things that people need to pay attention with North Carolina and why it's so important? Well, North Carolina, I believe, is around the cusp of uh, reaching what I'm calling a financial uh, a financial explosion in a good way. Um, North Carolina has had a fantastic journey from the uh, economic doldrums we experienced prior to 2010. And I'll just give you a quick, quick shot of where we were under Democratic leadership. Under Democratic leadership under this state, we were $3.4 billion in debt to the federal government. 
teachers didn't get a raise for an entire six years. Uh, no one wanted to come here and do business because uh, taxes were too high, regulations were too stiff, and we were even furloughing state workers, not because we didn't need them, but simply because we could not afford to pay them. After Republicans uh, took over, uh, we now will find our we now find ourselves 13 years later of uh, being not uh, not in debt to the federal government one dime, but also having a five billion dollar surplus. Uh, we also find ourselves being the number one business destination for two years running, according to a lot of major publications, and everything is ready and set to go uh, for business here. And so I think the thing that people need to keep in mind with North Carolina is that North Carolina is ready to compete. North Carolina is ready to play. We have the workforce. We have the education system. And uh, we have the uh, the capability now, the financial wherewithal to make the investment we need to make in infrastructure and other things to build North Carolina into an absolutely economic superpower in this state. So uh, we're on the radar everywhere, not just here in the states, but all around the world. And we intend to stay there. Well, and I agree totally. You look at North Carolina and how important it is to have strong conservative leadership. You got uh, when I was serving as commissioner, we had to fight hard on the state and, and county level to bring our funds back. I served on the National Economic Development Committee during COVID, and I can't tell you how much California, how much Hawaii, some of these other liberal states were coming to the meeting saying, we need money coming back to us. We're shut down. We're not putting able to put money in the system. We're not getting money back. We need money. And they said, well, Florida's open. We should be getting some of the money that they're generating because we could be generating it here. And I stopped the guy and I said, you're right. You could be generating it there, but you're not. You decided to take a timid role. Your leadership is taking a timid role. We understand that the cure that you guys are proposing is worse than the disease that we were dealing with. You cannot kill an economy. And that's why it's strong to have people like you. One thing I, I gotta ask you too, lately we've seen our judicial system. This is amazing and why I think governors are so important. Well, lately we've seen our judicial system work against people who care about the country, people who care about morals, values. They want to stand free with their religion. We have seen the justice system come in attack. How is a governor's role to protect that from happening? Well, a lot of it has got to do with who you stand with, who you support, and uh, making the, let the word go out that you're not going to support people who are going to be counterintuitive to law and order. Uh, but, you know, a lot of this also goes to this. A lot of the damage that we see being done in our state is being done at the local level. We have got to get more involved in our local elections. If you look and you see what's going on with law and order, a lot of that damage is being done by DAs who are not uh, carrying out uh, their jobs efficiently or correctly. It's being done by sheriffs who are not uh, doing who are doing the same. Uh, it's been doing. It's been done by school boards and county commissions and uh, city councils. Uh, that are far left leaning and uh, more uh, concerned with agendas than they are with the actual health and wealth of their uh, citizens and their citizenry. And so we've got to get involved in these local levels and with local races and these local uh, these local officials. And we've got to support the right people for those positions is crucial. Here in North Carolina, one of the things besides this governor's race that I'm laser focused on, and I'm focused on a lot of things, but one that we really need 
We have got to have a good, strong conservative at the helm as our district attorney, as our uh, attorney general, excuse me. Absolutely. That is set the tone and effect for law and order. Uh, the current attorney general that we have now has not done that. And uh, we need someone in that seat that's going to set the tone for all the rest of the DAs and for law and order in general in this state. And I think when you set that tone and you carry it out, I think others are inclined to follow that, see that, and want that in their own areas, and it trickles down into those local races. I agree with you wholeheartedly, too, on that one. And, you know, because I, I was just up there for a Panthers game when the Dallas Cowboys came in. And, I, you know, it's important for all of us. I was also in California, and I did not feel safe out there during some of the games and the events, whereas North Carolina, you know, it, you can easily go in these areas, and public safety is number one. The Speaker of the House that was in Georgia, and I've got to share this story with you, uh, David Ralston, very good friend of mine, long-term Speaker of the House, he told me one time, he said, Joe, we need more business. And this guy was an attorney. He said, we need more businessmen and people that have truly lived this life, the American dream, come from nothing and made something out of themselves, running our government again, not lawyers, not legal people, not judges, not judicial people. He said, that is where the problem is falling in. They're not leading this country the way it was meant to lead. And and I think you just hit it on the head, strong, strong attorney, uh, strong law, strong leadership, but we also have to have true people like you who have lived the American dream, who have fought hard, who have come from uh, the hard knocks of working and, and appreciating and growing your, your future, opposed to people who just walk up and want to make legislation, laws, and play games with, with our morals and values and our rights. You know, I, I believe that, too. I believe you have to really have a, a, a people who have a heart for what it is that they're doing. And what, what we're doing is we're not running campaigns. We're not building a political career. We should be serving the people uh, who voted for us. And we should be putting our focus on service, not on campaigns, not on building careers, not on taking the next step up. We should be putting our focus on serving our, our constituents, no matter where they may be, whether that be your county, your city, uh, your state, or the nation. You need to be concerned with serving those folks and, and passing legislation that's going to yield a desired, uh, yield a desired result in their lives and in their health and, and for their wealth, and for their community, not for your political campaigns and not for your political careers. And so uh, we've really got to get back to the citizen servit servitude that this nation is based on. And if we don't, we're going to find ourselves in a bad spot. There are many states, unfortunately, that already are. There are many states right now that are simply being governed by agenda and they are falling apart at the seams, places like California, places like Illinois not doing well at all because their governments are more concerned with agendas than they are with the people there and the, the, the results of the results show. You know, I love you saying that. One thing I've always admired about you since meeting you a few years ago, you don't mind standing up and saying what needs to be said. You, you're a, a very strong patriot. We need people like you that will stand up, fight for us, go out and voice their opinions. You're not afraid to tell someone that doesn't sound right. That's not going to happen, and we're not going to do it. You're not out there to try to please everyone. I had an elected official serve with me, and he said, Joe, tone it down a little bit. I need to get reelected, and I want to get reelected, so I'm staying quiet and neutral on this issue about life, on this issue about uh, uh, 
freedom and walking the beach and being open in COVID. So he goes, please be quiet with this. And I looked at him and I said, you've got a right to be anything you want to be, but I'm not going to be silent for my people. And that's what I love about you. You take that strong stance of being a voice and a leader that makes a difference. And I, I think we're, it's important that we have that. What are a few things that you want to do when you become governor of the, the great state of North Carolina? Oh, it's it's very simple. It's very simple. Our, our, our vision is very simple and it's this. We believe that there are two things in this state, the state of North Carolina, that are going to help take North Carolina to its next great level. I told you about those economic doldrums that we used to be in prior to 2010. We've had a great legislature that has led us out of those and led us into a much better place. I've built a great relationship with that legislature. And I am ready now to take the helm as governor to help that legislature to do to take the next step. And the next step for me is to start to expand our economy, as we like to say here in North Carolina, from Murphy to Maniel. Murphy is the farthest west point in the mountains here in North Carolina. Maniel is the furthest place east on the on the coast of North Carolina. And in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I want to see an economy in North Carolina that spans the entire distance of our state. That doesn't exist right now, but I want to be part of the group that starts in earnest now to build that dream economy, that economy that we've had our eyes on for years, but have not had the financial wherewithal to make the investments to make that happen. It is right on the cusp of happening, and we're ready to get to work uh, in the governor's mansion to do that. Along with that, we want to make some reformations in our education system. Right now, North Carolina's education system is missing one crucial thing. It's missing accountability at the top. And we want to make those changes so that we can have that accountability. And we want to get an uh, agenda out of the classroom. And we want to get back to classical education, reading, writing, and mathematics, civics, history, all those great classes that build great citizens. And we want to get our children career ready. And I want you to notice what I said. I said career ready. Not college ready, not EOG ready, not FAP ready, career ready. That means we want to open the world up to them, give them, the, give them the skills that they need to succeed so that they step out of 12th grade, they can step into a, a four-year university, a community college, the United States military, the family business, or their own business, and succeed at the highest level. That's what we want to focus on here uh, in North Carolina uh, as our tenure as, as governor. That's what we're going to focus on during the campaign. And um, that's what we that's what we believe will take North Carolina to its next great level. Now, Lieutenant Governor, you have an event coming up in our great state of Florida. Uh, it's um, February 20th, I believe. And it, Congressman Micah is holding it for you in Orlando. Um, the tell us a little bit about why uh, Congressman Micah feels it's so important to bring you here to this state. I, I know why, but I, I, I think it's it's very important that we have leadership. So many people live here. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I know and meet here that take North Carolina for winter and they go to the, I mean, I'm sorry, Florida for winter and North Carolina for the summer. And uh, they mm -hmm. stay up in those beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains, which uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to have a home up there. But wh why is it so important for us to, uh, Congressman Micah, to have this event for you? Why, wh when he reached out to you to have it, what, what was so important about doing it here in our great state? Well, for the same reasons that we just talked about, about how Florida is the, the prime example of what happens when a state has a great candidate that runs and wins and shows those results and how those results can last for years and decades, and how people's minds uh, can be uh, 
turn towards our Thadi out to help them understand that the values that we espouse, the policies that we have, they're full of something called principles. And those principles yield those desired results. That has worked in Florida. That will work in North Carolina. And as it's worked in Florida, and as it works in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee, again, Congressman Micah knows it. I know this. We all know this. If we're all conservatives, we're all doing those same things, we can all have each other's backs. And that right now is key in this nation. The state, it's time for the state to stand up, take their power back, and do what they need to do for one another. That means helping each other get elected. And that means when North Carolina's got a big vote going on and Florida doesn't, Florida jumps in. And when Florida has one and we don't, we jump in and help them because we have got to get the folks to vote right, to get the state right. Uh, and so we can stay right. Oh, and I agree. It's the Southeast region. It's America. And you said two things in there that mean so two words that mean so much to me. And I think our country needs to fall back to and remember united and stand. I think that was a great, great saying at one time in our world that we need to get back to immediately. And it's exciting to have you. And I do want to remind our listeners, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, when we had an important race. When we had a lot going on a few years ago, he was here in Orlando. He lives to his words. He was truly here pushing the conservative agenda, pushing everything that we needed, pushing us to stay open. Uh, and, and it was, somebody asked me the other day, why do I, why am I so bold and outgoing in my political stance as a commissioner? And I said, because I know my state government has my back. And that is so important to counties to know your governor and your state leadership has your back, that if you're out there pushing it and you got to be united, it is an honor to have you on here. And then how can people get involved that can't make it to the event February 20th, um, which I'll post and share a link to? How can people uh, find out more about your campaign and support it? Well, I've got a two-day stand in Florida. I'm going to be in Naples on the 19th. I'm going to be in Orlando on uh, on the 20th. But uh, those that can't make either of those events, I will be, uh, my website is Mark. Robinson for NC.com. That's Mark Robinson, F O R N C.com. You can go there and find out what we're doing, find out what we're all about, and of course, do all the associated things. Lieutenant Governor, it's an honor to have you on the show today, and it is truly great to see a man that stands as strong for us in this country as you have and continue to do. And I look forward to calling you uh, our governor here real soon of the great state of North Carolina. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. Listeners, go reach out. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson for North Carolina, very important race. We need to get out there and support him. North Carolina is so crucial to us. If you know that this man truly has a chance to keep our country the greatest place to live, work, shop, and play by being one of the strongest governors to protect our freedom, our economy, morals, and values. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor, and we appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. Thank you, too. I want to thank you for joining us and remind the listeners, live, workshop, play Florida, and have a great day.